Ever sat and listened to two individuals talk about something in a cafe in a city? Ever really listened? In my time, I have heard some of the most brilliant ideas come from a simple conversation. And Cafe Leadership is hoping to bring those thoughts to the forefront of the podcast realm. An array of young, middle, and older age leaders is set to give a prominent, interesting mix to what it means to be a leader. Founded by Billy Colston, this podcast will go over various things in leadership, whether it means who are you as a leader or what it takes to be a leader. We're hoping to develop interesting ideas and interesting perspectives on leadership and how everybody tackles it day by day. So, hi, Hunter. How are you doing today? Hello, uh, my name is Hunter Smith. I am a program manager with KSW Consulting here in San Diego. Do a little bit of digital marketing, do a little bit of everything else. We consider ourselves a full-stack marketing consultancy, and I consider myself kind of a part of that. <laughs> kind of a part of that. I like it. That was my official job title, but I like to say it's something <laughs> else to make myself feel better. That's fair, that's fair. Um, so, you know, I kind of like put it out there or kind of put this idea in your head earlier. Um, Talk a little bit about like management and leadership and you know what it really means to balance the two. Obviously, some management is leadership in the sense of that they do lead, um, but you know management is a very different approach than just you know standard leading or standard leading a team. Right. Well, with management and leadership, both times at the end of the day, what you're talking about is somebody who's ensuring that something gets done, but they are not necessarily two sides of the same coin. But they're two different schools schools of thought that overlap a lot. Uh, about getting to some destination. Uh, a manager is somebody who's making sure things happen along the way. Somebody who's really making sure boxes are checked. Somebody maybe sitting there in the background with a task list going through things and ensuring that things actually happen as scheduled, but not necessarily somebody in the trenches, somebody involved, not necessarily somebody who's working day to day on the project. And a leader is both more forward and further back. A leader is somebody who's a spiritual presence in this group somebody who's ensuring that things happen. A leader is somebody that is followed. A manager is somebody that's making sure that something is being followed. Yeah, and I mean, you bring up an interesting perspective on, you know, like this kind of interesting dilemma that people face, right? And I think um, it's also a very, very key point to point out, you know, like leadership is also something that is more untangible, right? It's It's less... You, you don't see the results of leadership as easily as you see the results of management, of doing things, of performing things, of getting things done, right? Um, so I'm actually kind of curious how, you know, in your experience, how have you kind of learned to balance these, these two kind of forces, right? Because even a leader needs to be able to manage people in its own way, right? Well, a lot of what I've learned is that I'm a lack, lacking manager. <laughs> I am somebody who's just... I'm not disorganized, but I'm certainly not... Organization is not a strength of mine, and that's something that's really crucial to a manager, uh, somebody who can not only be organized but ensure that others stay on their organizational track, stay, uh, people stay on schedule, people keep getting things done. Uh, and that's really where I struggle in management and not necessarily something I face as an issue in leadership. Uh, if you want to take a military allegory, you might say that a king is a leader, but a general is a manager, uh, the person who's actually planning and ensuring things happen as anticipated. Uh, and that's really the field in which I struggle. Uh, not to say that I'm a king, because <laughs> unfortunately I'm only a crown prince. They won't give me the title or anything. Uh, but 
I think that that's something that I'm personally lacking in, and a lot of people who consider themselves leaders are lacking in, is their ability to actually ensure that these things get done in a way that's scheduled, in a way that's cordoned off, in a way that ensures that everybody can optimize their abilities. Uh, whereas as a leader, I feel like I have no issue getting people to the place where they can maximize their abilities, but day to day, I'm not sure I help them maximize them, and I think that's where I struggle as a manager. Interesting. Um, so, I mean, on that, on that kind of note, in your, I mean, obviously you were also involved in PBL, um, Phi Beta Lambda, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, it's one of the business organizations on campus. Um, kind of like, what have you seen in terms of, you know, the, this, this kind of situation occur where you have to, you have to both lead and manage at the same time and see leaders who are able to kind of manage it, even if it's not necessarily their strength. Right. Well, uh, as Phi Beta Lambda was structured when I joined last year, we technically had a president, an EVP, and an executive director, and it would have been the EVP and executive director's job to be more managers, and it would have been the president's job to be a leader. But as we had some changes, we brought new people on, some people left, that structure kind of got muddled. And I actually was brought in to be a manager, and I found myself doing strikingly little actual management. Uh, what I found myself doing a lot more of was individual tasks that weren't really necessarily applied to people or were applied to positions that had now been removed when other people left. And I found myself doing a little bit more leadership, and the management actually seemed to have more fall person to person, and it was actually one of the really big inefficiencies in what was otherwise a very well-run team. Uh, so actually for me, that was really the lesson in my faults more than it was a lesson in me overcoming them. And I've had to learn about that and use that in other ways since in other projects. And can you, I mean, can you give me an example of one of these other projects where you actually had to kind of engage in that and make sure that, you know, it kind of worked out as you wanted it to? Right. So uh, I am also a writer, uh, and I write part-time for an outlet that covers auto racing. And I'm working on a project with a few friends of mine, and one of them is a data scientist who's... Uh, do not understand why he's doing this for free with me. He's much more talented than me. And another's another writer, and another's my editor. Uh, so what I've been doing is I've really been the contact point between the two people that I'm working with as assistants on this and the person who I'm actually sending drafts to and getting information back and forth from. And ensuring that those people get their tasks done on time has really been much more of a managerial task for me than a leadership task. I came to them with this opportunity, and they immediately came with me for came to me with ideas for what to do. And I've been the one saying, this is how we're going to do it. This is when you're going to do it. This is what I need from you. And that, I've found, has been much more effective, especially because it's something that's happening remotely uh, with people that, between the three of them, I've met them twice. Um, and yet, these are people I've known for years, of course. Uh, and having to be able to do that remotely, I think, is much more of a managerial leadership task than it is something in the more realm of traditional leadership. Interesting. And, I mean, so on that, you know, thinking about this interesting process of managing and changing and adapting your leadership style to either being more managerial or you know more on the sense of you know this kind of um, what I call I like to call the influencer leadership mm -hmm. um, which is someone who maybe not necessarily be doing all the tasks and implementing them or telling people to do them but is more of influencing those around them to be involved to stay involved to you know adjust with the times right um, I'm curious if, you know, from your viewpoint, if, if it really is, you know, if managerial leadership is really the better way to approach things, or if it's a one-off, or if it's a, you know, sometimes you need to do this, sometimes you need to do that, or, you know, what is, what is the better form of leadership, right? This, this kind of influencer viewpoint of where you're encouraging people to do things without necessarily having to manage them, 
or this kind of managerial leadership, which is much more, I would say, hands-on with everyone. So for me, it's organizationally, you really need somebody who's a non-managerial leader, who's much more observant, much more involved in the overall thing than they are in any individual process. But when you get process by process of what makes a company run, that's really where you need the managerial aspect. You need somebody who can ensure that a team completes tasks. But you really shouldn't have, not necessarily have that person, but shouldn't have that mindset when you're working with a company overall. A company is a lot more than tasks being completed. Any organization is. Any group of people is. Uh, I mean, say, for instance, you're talking about basketball. The point guard is not really the manager of the team. They're not saying, this is how we're going to run this play exactly. This is where you need to be. This is when you need to be here. They're the person that orchestrates these things, says this is what we're going to do, and then they follow orders given by their manager, the coach, previously, and then they do those things to set something up, and then maybe you have your back screen ready, and you have your guy cutting, and you get the easy lob. So I think that really what you need is you need the combination. You need somebody who's ready to prepare these tasks, but you also need somebody who's going to fulfill them. But more than that, you need somebody who sees all of this and ensures that it actually happens, while also ensuring that the company is accomplishing its goals and setting goals. So, so you're essentially talking about developing a team, right? Developing right. a team of this combination of management um, and different leadership styles, right? So what would you say are like, you know, if, for example, looking at, you know, a company you might work for in the future, um, say it's a consulting organization, right? How would you see this kind of leadership developed? And how would you see, where would, where would the kind of links in the chain be in terms of, you know, this person needs, to, this type of leadership needs to be here, this type of leadership needs to be here, and this type of leadership needs to be here. So uh, it's really, to me, it depends on what your initial goals are, because your goal should be to get as many people in the door, well, not as many people, the people in the door that are able to complete these certain tasks that are needed for these goals before you do anything else. So you should set goals before you really begin building your team. But once you bring in the people who are able to build more individual goals, more specific goals for their area, then you can go from there. So really what you're talking about is first you're going to get in team leads. And when you're getting in team leads, they need to be able to follow the company culture and they need to be able to follow what you need from them in their projects. But you also need to know to cede to them, to their expertises on more specific stuff and maybe something in that area that you don't necessarily understand that might actually have more to do with your culture than you could know. Interesting. So you, you kind of spoke a lot on culture too. Um, how do you think management um, actually really affects culture, right? Because I've seen really amazing managers, I've seen really horrible managers, I've been a bad manager at myself at times, as well as being a really good manager at other times. Um, how, how do you see that kind of affects the, you know, the entire ecosystem of this kind of culture that you're talking about? So I think if you're thinking about a manager, uh, and you're not somebody who really puts too much time into thinking about leadership, you might think of as manager as somebody who you wouldn't ever think about culture with them. you think it would just be easy, everything would happen. But I actually think a manager should be more involved in the culture and have be part of an organization that has an identity and be part of that identity. It's just that it shouldn't ever be invasive. And that's really one of the crucial things to perfect management is that it's never really invasive. It never gets in the way of efficiency because your whole goal is to optimize efficiency and completion. So if you're not optimizing efficiency and completion, then any of your cultural goals are failures. So if your culture gets in the way of that and it's for any reason besides ethics, then it's a problem. So what you've really got to worry about is you've got to worry about what am I actually building here and how can we build our employees into it and less about how is this going to affect day to day if it's not going to be a problem. Um, I guess to continue from there, uh, I, I, I guess to actually switch over to a different 
kind of mindset. Um, you know, oftentimes <clears throat> I think people get a lot wrapped up in terms of, you know, how do I manage? How, how do I be a good manager, right? Mm. Um, obviously you said it wasn't necessarily one of your strengths, um, but can you talk about, you know, either someone or some way of management that you have seen that's been very effective um, and this kind of managerial leadership style that we've been talking about a little bit, how have you seen it really been implemented effectively um, and kind of some of the key characteristics of that? Uh, well, this is actually going back to the basketball metaphor. Uh, Steve Kerr, head coach of the Warriors, is a truly exceptional manager because he's somebody who, which this is something not a lot of coaches do in sports, uh, he lets his players be the leadership, uh, specifically it's Steph Curry and Draymond Green that are the locker room leaders there. He lets them be the leadership and establish the identity of the team, and he just plays to their strengths and he builds things around them that help optimize their abilities to the point that when he had to step away for half a season three years ago, the team was able to continue without him, even though he's the quickest to 300 wins in the history of any major American sport. A coach that was able to do that could still step away for 40 games and still that season ended up being the winningest season in NBA history. Uh, and then, of course, he stepped away during the playoffs, I believe it was two years ago, and they still got to the finals, and by the time he came back, they won. And it's not because he's unimportant, but it's because he's allowed the team around him to build onto his system to the point where he's no longer needs to even be there. And Greg Popovich, who I think is a better NBA coach, uh, has six championships with the five championships with the San Antonio Spurs. If he disappeared, as great as his assistants are, so many go on to other NBA teams, that team would not continue to exist as it does and function. So you're saying essentially this managerial leadership kind of lends itself to developing a system that's more automated or in terms of it holds itself up. Um, can you explain a little bit more on why you feel that way or how you think about that? Right. Well, it's a little counterintuitive because you'd think if people don't need to be managed, why do we have a manager? But it's more a good manager creates a team that doesn't need to be managed every day. A good manager instills these goals and concepts into people and lets them lead themselves, lets them lead others around them on the peer level and can step away if need be as and let people accomplish things and only needs to step in if things need to change. Interesting. And I mean, so moving away from somebody who might be in a, you know, in a role where they're, they're more authoritative, right? Because they have the authority to to manage the team, right? How is a how is a peer? Do you really like create this kind of managerial leadership for yourself? Um, because it, you know, it, I, I feel like it's very valuable, um, not only at the level of somebody who's above you, but also to be that person who's able to create that system around you as well. Uh, well, a lot of it is individual organization, really, and not physical organization, not somebody who just creates schedules. It's more about. Uh, if you think about your life as an orchestra, you want to make sure that nothing's stepping on anything else. You want to make sure that everything works in harmony, right? Uh, so that individual organization of your life to ensure that you're able to cordon off things and do things as need be without hurting the things that you're cordoning off by doing so, that's really what leads to uh, individual management that's really competent. And it's kind of paradoxical because one of these things comes from the other, so you have to work on them simultaneously. So you're talking about working not only on yourself but also the organization and the people around you as well right so it's you need to have that individual organization to be able to work as something like a manager along with your peers but you also need to bring that into your life from something else so you build that all together and do you think that this kind of managerial leadership is distinctly different um than something as i would say is the influencer leadership do you think these two concepts are very disassociated or do you think that 
you know, these two concepts are actually should be associated and kind of why, 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 why would they be associated? I think of management as an attribute that builds the total of a concept of leader. So managerial leadership is just leadership that's built around that managerial concept mm-hmm. more. So they're not necessarily dissociated, but it's just they're emphasizing separate things. And realistically, if you're going to emphasize those managerial aspects more, you're going to have to sacrifice other aspects of leadership. And you're not going to be able to do these things as well, not because you can't do them as well, not because there's energy being taken away, but simply because that's not where the focus is and that's not how the organization is being run or that unit is being run. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Um, You know, on that note, I think something I've always kind of contemplated, right, is... Um, whether personally, you know, I invest too much in this other style, right? This, this different approach than just managing people, um, you know, and I think leadership is obviously is a conversation, right? That's, that's why we're here. That's why we're talking about it. Um, you know, I, I would like to hear, you know, from you, from your personal kind of style of leadership, like we meant, like we talked a little bit about earlier, how do you think that plays into managing individuals as well as, you know, how do you think you could improve or, you know, unimprove on certain aspects of it? Well, the nice thing is, uh, since graduation, most of what I've done is managing individuals because <laughs> I have not worked with many very large teams. Uh, so I've had a lot of time to think about this. And I think when it comes to managing individuals, the amount of actual management they need depends on the individual, depends on the project. Uh, somebody is doing something they really want to be doing that really plays to their strengths, that they're really excited about. They might not only not need that much management, but they might be managing you, even if the order's opposite, because they might need to know something that you need to do that you don't necessarily understand, or you don't understand how you can do this for them. And that's how I come to the point where I'm technically managing somebody who's a uh, data scientist 10 years my senior who owns his own company, who's very successful in this field that I'm not very successful in, but because what we're doing is we're building this project together, and the project is coming from my outline, so I need these things from him, and he needs these things from me, but really I'm the one who's giving these orders. And then when he needs these things from me, he's the one doing it to me, and I'm changing the article around for him. So as as you kind of expand, you know, in the, in this startup phase, I, I would agree that product development, product management, super important. Um, but once you start getting at these <clears throat> higher levels, I mean, concept. I mean, this is going to be very conceptually because neither one of us have had the experience to be in this situation. But you know, once you start to get to these these other higher points, right, where you're not so tactfully managing things, right? right? You're more thinking strategy, you're more thinking overall direction for the organization, right? You know, this is like C-suite level. Um, <clears throat> how do you think that kind of affects them, right? Like, how do you think, you know, why, why, why would management change? Or why would management not be as much of a priority because I mean, like even then, they are still managing things, right? But it's, I think the the mindset changes. How do you think that mindset changes for them? Well, something I really be worried about as that level of leader is the dissociation between the decisions made by those leaders and the people putting them out and enacting them. Because that's really when that connection starts to split. When you get to a point where your C-suite and your VP levels may be in contact, but the decisions they make really come from somebody who's not really enacting them. That's when you get to the point where you worry about your different departments of your company and your executives kind of othering other parts of your company. And that's really when internal conflicts arise and you're going to have to talk about something that needs more direct management to actually accomplish a goal you maybe don't understand because it came from somebody you've never met. And I think that actually creates a lot of inefficiency, a lot of inefficiency, because 
like I was saying, the easiest management you could ever do is to manage somebody who knows something more about you than you ever did. <laughs> and in those situations, you're talking about the person who knows about this is somebody that your employee has never met, that you've seen twice at a banquet. The one time you talked to him about something that mattered, he said, ah, I don't think so. That's, we're not worried about that because he had something much bigger in mind that you didn't really understand. Or maybe because he's incompetent. Realistically, it's the first one. But it feels <laughs> nice to pretend it's the second one. So how are you going to explain to your employee why we have to do these things if you don't know yourself? And your choices are learn why, which might involve corporate espionage and might get you fired. <laughs> or to find a way to maximize what you can do in a way that you understand, in a way that you can understand is maximizing goals, and then teach them. That's a very interesting way to look at it. And I, I suppose I answered that more from a middle manager than an <laughs> upper manager, which is not the goal you described, but there you go. For sure, but uh, it still gets to the point, right? right. Um, so, you know, actually I'm kind of interested, you know, do you have any other comments or, you know, you know, kind of facets of conversation that you would like to talk about in regards to this kind of ecosystem? I mean, we talked a lot about a lot of different things, um, but do you have anything in particular that stood out from this conversation that you would hit on? Uh, just that I think it's really important that you think of management as, uh, like, a, if you think of it as an RPG, it's one trait. It's your, it's your intelligence, your dexterity, or your uh, charisma, or whatever it is. It's just one trait of building a leader, and even if you are, your title is manager, and you're in middle management, and your job is project management, at the end of the day, that's still only one attribute of what you're doing, and you need to build, to some extent, the full portfolio of leadership. And when you get past that level where you're thinking of it as management, you start thinking of it as something more strategic, you still need to have some level of managerial ability. So these aren't things that are really separate spheres. They're just emphasis points in the same ideas. And we just don't really think of manager and leader as the same, but manager is part of leader, leader is part of manager. Yeah, well, thank you very much, Hunter. Um, actually, now you have a chance. Do you want to shout out to anybody, give any call outs? Uh, I want to give a plug to myself. Follow me on Twitter at, at FredSmith914. Lots of great basket blogging happening there. I want to give a shout out to the 2018 19 Sacramento Kings and De'Aaron Fox. Uh, there's a great young leader right there. Get him on the pod. <laughs> I'm sure if, you, if I just tweet at him, he'll be like, Yeah, I'd love to do that. Uh, <laughs> he'll drive 500 miles in the middle of a week, he'll come down, it'll be great. Um, and I want to shout out the uh, ABC television show Lost. It's been off the air for about seven years. Really good, though. Not a lot of people talk about it these days. Better show than you remember. Go see it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much, Hunter. I appreciate you coming in. All right, thank you. And uh, Jack on Lost, great leader. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening. Uh, we really appreciate your support, and the best way to do that is actually to either like our Facebook follow us on any of the different platforms that we stream off of or even check out our LinkedIn. But we really appreciate it and hope you have a great day.